overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. And always we're lucky to have Tracy Maxfield with us. I'm going to turn it over to Tracy and let Tracy just explain who she is and what she does. Of course. Okay. So <clears throat> originally I was born in Wales in the United Kingdom. Um, I became a nurse. I moved to Canada in 1987 and I've lived here ever since. Worked in nursing right through until December 31st, 2019, when I took early retirement. Um, in 2015, after four and a half years of experience in quite intense workplace bullying, I experienced an acute depressive episode or a nervous breakdown and ended up going off work. And it was probably the worst experience of my life. Um, a very, very bad depression, multiple suicide attempts, suicide ideation. Throughout the healing process, I ended up writing a book about my journey. And after the book was published, I actually was uh, asked to speak with some teenagers. And it was through that that my new purpose, my new life journey, I call it, began. Um, I realized how severe the problem of bullying, mental illness, suicide was so prevalent amongst children and teenagers and young adults. And so in 20. 17, I kind of decided I was going to take a leap of faith and see if I could be the voice for the youth. That led to, oh my goodness, a monthly newsletter, YouTube video with blog posts. I've traveled to the UK, Canada and the United States on TV, radio and podcast talking about my work. And in March this year, I launched my own podcast, Engage, Educate and Empower which has weekly guests, and we talk about the life challenges and day-to-day -day issues that our kids face around the world. And so we talk about foster care and drug addiction and adoption and human trafficking, suicide, bullying, mental illness. It's We go through the whole gamut. And as I said, ultimately, it's to engage, educate, and empower them. Yeah, and that's a total different rabbit hole that you are jumping into and experiencing. The challenges we face as podcasters, it's a unique challenge in itself. And on top of that, we try to, like your podcast says, engage, educate, and empower others. So it's a blessing to have your podcast amongst the million on iTunes, that's for sure. I know Thank I you. listen to it. I encourage others to look that podcast up, get involved with that podcast, because it's changing lives a little bit at a time. That's the idea. And Tracy, what do you think about 
this podcasting journey so far? Well, it's interesting because when I started my new life journey, per se, I went, I have been on so many podcasts. In fact, I think it was last May when I was in Kansas that I went on your podcast, Dead America. And um, I believe this one I'm recording is my 79th podcast. So it's it's funny because I've become very comfortable and quite used to being the podcast guest. But when I decided to become the podcast host, um, I was a little people had been telling me to do it for so long. And I've made so many great connections that when I finally took that leap of faith, I was excited, but I was nervous because, as you know, when you're sitting on the other end of the microphone and you're listening to your guests, the focus is on the guest. And my concern was I'd end up talking too much. So it, it's trying to find that balance that you have equal back and forth contribution. But I also think it's interesting when you have a guest on, if you've already connected with them before and you have a good relationship, I find the podcast goes very, very easily and it's very comfortable and we have fun. When I don't know the person and I've just really had a bio sent to me, sometimes it's difficult to make that connection. And and I'm sure you've noticed that too. And that's challenging because you you have to bring out the best in your guests and you want to share the information that is so important for for your audience. That is a very big challenge, you know, fitting with each and every guest, because like you said, you want the full gamut involved to get your message across so everybody can be involved. And that's what mm -hmm. podcasting really is about. And finding that perfect balance is not easy. No. My first <laughs> jump into podcasting, it was uh, 2007. And I've been baby stepping from then on. And I still find it challenging. And connections, that's very unique. Each time you connect, you build a different sort of relationship and new challenges come with it. But yet you've got a whole new audience you're directing your message at. And that's what I find unique. Now I've done a lot of monologue podcasting and that's just to get me comfortable with the microphone. Now I'm finding when you go out interviewing, that's a whole different challenge, like you said, and that balance is not easy, but you have such a talent, the ability to keep going. That's the key to a great podcast. You're going to develop those skills and those challenges will go away. The challenges in the mind, that's the one that I find challenging you know you put a lot of work into each and every podcast if you're you know really serious about it and i know that's a passion of yours so yes. we need to as podcasters support each other and i find 
that's not really prevalent in this podcasting industry yet. There's a lot of good people out there pushing good things, but the unification of podcasters are not really complete yet. How do we find out how to connect and unify those podcasters? Have you thought about that at all? Well, um, now, interestingly, on Facebook, um, there are a number of um, different podcast groups. And initially, I did join them. It was mainly more to look for podcasts that I could be a guest on. And it's actually through some of those connections that I've now reinvited them back onto my podcast because I ver- I'm very much a type of person who pay- pays it forward. So if um, I connected with someone on a podcast and their story resonates with me and is relevant to kids, I want them on my podcast. Um, but I think the challenge is that podcasting, again, is, is a microcosm of society. And we get the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yes. Um, right. As you know, Ed, from, from a hate message I received. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's challenging because when we podcast, we want to share a message that is very important to us. And we want to try and make a difference. And um, there are some awesome people out there that are doing good work and are very giving and forthcoming and yet we have the others that are very protective about their podcast and will promote themselves but they really won't um do anything else to support other podcasts um i i always promote other podcasts I always like, I make comments, I share on my pages because we're all in this together. Everyone has a message and we, we just don't know who is listening at a given time that a word or a comment that someone makes will resonate with them and make a difference in their lives. And that to me is the ultimate aim. It's to help them and to help make a difference. And Sadly, we don't see we, we don't see that in society, and we certainly will see that in podcasting as well, because there's such a, a unique group of people that are podcasting. Yes, it's all about the niche, you know. Yes. Everybody has their individual ideas. And you know, I, I take a different approach to podcasting. I I would talk to an individual on the streets or the president of the United States. It doesn't matter to me because I want to bridge that gap. I want everybody to hear everybody's story. And that's unique to a lot of people. They don't get that concept. And like you said earlier, setting and listening sometimes is very hard to do, but that's the key right there. Once we learn to listen to one another, not necessarily agree with each other, but listening, that is when we can absorb truths in ways that we've never experienced. And I noticed you have a wide gamut of podcasters come on to your podcast. Yes. You've connected 
heavily with a lot of people. And yet here we still have those I call yehoots that are sending you messages, sending you <laughs> hateful verbiage. You know, I find this just appalling. It's about the message to me. And that is the importance of podcasting and especially what you're doing, trying to change the lives of our young people. And the more we push that engage and educate, that's when we can start empowering. So absolutely, our podcasting skills only get better. It's that challenge of keeping the podcast alive, keeping it going, no matter if it's a monologue or a dialogue. And the more you do it, the more people open up to you. Certainly, yes. And I mean, I was I, I was very fortunate. The very the very first podcast that I aired did exceedingly well in the number in uh, because I post on YouTube, Facebook, Podbean, and then iTunes and everyone else, you know, all the different podcast directories and host sites. And I was very surprised um, at the numbers we got. And then it kind of continued and fingers crossed it's been doing really well. Um, it could be that it's the sign of the times because with the COVID-19 and everyone is having to go into either lockdown or, or um, voluntary self-isolation, maybe there's more opportunity for them to actually sit and listen or watch a podcast. Um, I mean, yes. maybe timing is everything sometimes. But I go back to what you said, listening. Um, yeah, we. I'm. I'm hoping the, the optimistic side of me hopes that as we're in the midst of this chaos, um, that people will start to listen more and hear the message and um, become more educated. And um, I don't know, hopefully have be, be, be more open minded, because I think one of the challenges that we're seeing um, just out in the world and especially as podcasters is people are very rigid in their thinking. And it's like we've suddenly forgot to be cognizant of the fact that we all have opinions. And just because I have an opinion does not mean it's the right one. But we've, we've seen to have forgotten to take into consideration that um, we make the world a better place. If we actually listen to what each person has to say and from that, you know, we can start making plans. And, and it, it helps us understand that not everyone is in the same shoes as you or I, you know. Um, I think right. we kind of we kind of forgotten about that and it, it's funny um, every time I, I was on tv and on podcasts and I'd be talking about the work that I'm doing and saying and I kept saying the world will implode very very soon I can feel it something is gonna give never in my wildest dreams did I think the change would be this pandemic but 
it, it's like something had to give, something had to happen to kind of get us to stop, stop for one minute, to pause and, and breathe and think. Yes. And that's interesting. Speaking of that, this pandemic, this COVID-19 thing that we are all experiencing together, I really think that this might be a unification thing if if it's handled properly and that's the key word yeah <laughs> yes we could do this in a way where we can empower more people because of the lockdown isolation period we are naturally people that want to engage we need yes, people we are. Mm -hmm. and i think this time maybe this is a higher power telling all of us we need each other. So there's always positive and negative if we look the right direction. Oh, I completely agree. And I mean, f for many people, they're not going through good things right now. And, you know, they must be wondering how they're going to get by day by day. Um, but I still think in the midst of all this, we have to just stop for a moment and look at what is good in our lives and you know what what brings you peace and what brings you joy and if we don't start reframing the experience that we're going through and try and get positives out of it when we do finally come out of this those that have harbored the negativity and have been very angry and volatile and not going to do very well when we get back out into the open. Yes. And I think, you know, I mean, people already think that, okay, lockdown will be over and life will go back to normal. And I think people need to understand that life will never be as it was before that day. Um, too many things have happened and there are certain things to protect our own health and well-being that we now have to implement until there is a vaccine and we don't know when that's going to be and then again even if there's a vaccine many many people may choose not to have that vaccine um, and so they have to be very cognizant of how they can protect themselves um, but yes i'm i'm hopeful that this will change people i mean in new zealand they're coming off their isolation in another week um, they have certainly come together as a nation um, Australia is getting there. Britain is still, I think they're getting better, but they're still in a sense of turmoil. Um, Canada, I, I live in British Columbia and British, we, we've, we have flattened the curve and we are really getting there. But I think our, our luck was that when they announced everything, we, we we all kind of stepped up and did the right thing. And I think that's reflected in when they look across what's going on the rest of Canada. Um, in the States, um, you have way more people, a huge density of people. And um, I mean, I see on the posts all the time, I see, you know, when you post and comments and um, yes, I think there's, um, it's it's a little chaotic right now down there and I think lots of people will say that because 
they don't have that strong leadership that's kind of reassuring them we're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I really think there's a struggle in our leadership to find yes. who is actually in control of things. So there's there's a lot going on with that. But there's there's these certain things in America. I, I just wonder if we are suffering from information overload. Oh, definitely. Where that information is coming from, you know, even I, I find myself getting on these websites and only after the fact, I realize, wow, maybe I should not have posted that information. So if we can slow down and take a breath before we push the send, maybe that's a good start place. And learning to verify our information, that's another key factor. Oh, and that, that, that is huge, yes. Um, and I mean, to be perfectly honest, Ed, um, I know we're indirectly in the media with podcasting, but it is the media primarily um, some of the larger newspapers who have their online news um, are deliberately creating more panic than needed and are also, they're inciting hatred. They're inciting negativity. And, um, you know, at a time like this, what people are clinging to is they want almost like the Winston Churchill, right? That we almost, yes. we, we want, we want a Winston Churchill. We want uh, a Martin Luther King. We want um, a Nelson Mandela. And, and I'm not just even talking about the States, um, uh, you know, Britain in the same position. We want a charismatic, thoughtful person um, and it doesn't even have to be like a president or a prime minister, but someone in the world who can give us correct information and will show us how to stand together and encourage us. And I think that's what people miss. I think you're absolutely correct there, Tracy. So many people are missing that moral guidance, that yes. compass of hope, you know, and we keep on looking to politicians and maybe we need to look someplace else i i don't no, know i agree i i agree i i don't know who has the answers to that i don't you know i'm that's why i have smart people come on the podcast so i can try to educate myself and i think the key is discussion you know more dialogue about all the issues in the world is very important and to educate other people as soon as we know this is the right thing to do we should educate other people about that that's part of what you do also you do a online course to help people yes. and you call it uh, actionable training and insights Yes. That's so huge. And what you're doing is you're hitting it to the youth. And a lot of people don't realize that's our future, the youth. Well, Can and you talk a little bit about that? 
Yes, and so when I when I first started um, doing the YouTube video on the blog posts, um, it was obviously everything centered around kids. And I think the biggest challenge that I've noticed is that even with all the information that's out there on the World Wide Web, there are still many, many people, adults, parents, who do not believe for one moment that their child or teenager has a mental illness because they think it's somewhat something that an older person has. And we know the statistics show that 50% of all mental illnesses show signs and symptoms by age 14 and 75% show signs and symptoms by age 24. Well, 24 was a young adult. Our, our brains don't even fully develop in a male until they're 24 to 27. And so when I started putting the actual fact-based, the evidence-based information um, out there that guess what? Yes, your child can have depression, childhood schizophrenia. Um, I think people were like, oh my goodness, um, we didn't realize that. It was through those, the YouTube videos and then the comments that I would, I would be getting either through my website or through YouTube that uh, we decided, my marketing team decided, you know what, we should go for an online course. And it was, it's actually getting back to its basics. I, I decided, you know, in order for people to understand, let's actually talk about the brain. What is a normal brain? How does this happen? Because my, my aim also is to clear up misinformation and stigma, right? There's so much stigma. Yeah. And it was through that it's eight modules but I go into a lot of detail which is easy to understand um there's lots of um screenshots and little videos and everything so people can understand I think what I wanted them to do was as parents or teachers to understand that um when your child or teenager exhibits a behavior do not automatically assume they're acting out or attention seeking. Look, look at the big picture. But I also wanted to, um, in it, in each module, I always say, and what can you do as a parent, as a family member, as a friend? What can you do to make a difference? How can you help them through this? How can you go and look for help? Um, it wasn't just a case of giving information saying this is what depression is like in kids. This is the treatment they need. Now go and get the treatment. I actually wanted them to understand that as a family, they can help the child or teenager and work through this and become better, not even better parents, but a, a better family. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's promoting that and it's also promoting mental health and awareness and how, you know, what little actions parents can take that means such a lot to, to their kids. Yeah. You know, a lot of parents, you know, especially now we're seeing those parents become younger parents. You know, I, I was on YouTube and I've seen there are kids becoming parents now at the age of 14 yes. 14 and yes yeah it, that just is overwhelming to my brain but 
my mother was like that. She started young. And with my family, I have seen what harm that can do. And I, I don't want to dish on anybody, but I don't know if we should be promoting this teenage sexualism that is out there. Uh, do you expand on your courses in any way with things like that? Are, are you going to touch more on some of these issues and topics that are really hard for youngsters to understand about relationship and, you know, taking time? How, how far are you going to go with your courses? So the so the first course that I've done um, with the eight modules is is actually get into the basics of brain health, so people understand how important the brain is and how important mental health is, and it's given them the tools. Um, you know, in it I've discussed you know that we need to teach kids about failure. We need to, um, you know, we need to teach we need to teach them that guess what stress is normal. It, um, there's good, bad, and there's bad stress and teach them the differences and how to handle stress. Because now that we have a society where there's lots of helicopter parents and then parents that bubble wrap their kids or believe that they're going to be their kids' very, very best friends, you're not allowing your kids to develop values and strategies and coping mechanisms that will help them as they go through life. And so when they're first faced with a crisis or a challenge, their life falls apart. And I think this is why we're seeing such an increase in alcohol and drug addiction in kids. And yeah. you, you bring up sexuality. Um, unfortunately, social media promotes that kids should be sex, sexually active at a young age. And, and then we have parents that then go and put their kids on birth control. And Lots of kids also equate sex with love. And so if they're not getting love and support in their family unit, then they're going to look for it somewhere else. And that's where the confusion is. We are allowing our teenagers to become adults when they have a brain capacity that is nowhere near an adult. Um, and yes you know, we're exposing them to life situations and adult situations and kids today, I would hate to be a kid growing up because the social media thrusts so much at them. Um, the likes of which you or I, when we were growing up, never ever dealt with. And right. no one is actually sitting down and explaining to them what is right, what is wrong, what is immoral, what is illegal. And they turn to their peers who will then give them explanations which may or may not be correct and they use that to, the, to then formulate their own opinion as they're trying to fight their way into adulthood and you have to wonder that if they had had a good moral upbringing and there does not need to be religion even involved in that but just where they understand qualities of understanding and compassion and respect um right, right? would it 
I'm hopeful that it would not lead them down that slippery path. You're always going to have those kids that that are going to go there because they do not have that support. Um, I think what I'm trying to do with my podcast and with my online stuff is to try and tell kids, if mom or dad are not supportive, there has to be an adult somewhere who, who you trust and turn to. And I'm also trying to send a message out to adults everywhere that, guess what? It is your business. You need to be involved in kids' lives because you could be the catalyst that changes them and makes the difference. You could save, you could be saving their life and not even know it. You could be setting them on a path um, which is going to lead to really good things that we have to have these adult role models because, you know, it's the cliche, right? It takes a village to raise a child. But now more than ever, um, we need to have responsible adults that are going to be there. So a kid can go and sit with them and, and talk about things. That's right. A role model is a very effective Huge. way to change. And it is. We don't, we don't see a lot of role models. And we, we need those because what's happened is our kids are using the Kardashians as a role model. You know, yes. they are using actors and um, sports celebrities. Now, certainly many of them do have very good principles and, uh, you know, are actively doing things to help kids. But many of the others aren't. And, you know, at the end of the day, you shouldn't be going online and having a celebrity who's your role model and your mentor. Um, it should be someone that you could actually meet with and talk to, because we know that that face to face is so much more um, empowering and rewarding than an online, you know, Twitter following. That's right. That's the thing we're lacking. You know, a lot of the institutions that were built back when we were younger, like the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, Boys Club, you know, all of these institutions that were meant to help children. Well, actually, they've been a detriment here in the recent years in many different ways. So that's one of those things we have to identify and protect those institutions that develop skills for our youth as you know you've got to hit them young to start yes. that change yeah and that's why your courses are powerful and all of your online aspects that these kids can just go on and listen you you bombard it with facts instead of fiction and hearsay and that's very critical in today's world and it's not easy sometimes standing up to some of those parents or like I remember you told us in our first interview about when you went to those children and they opened up to you yes. and that individual that individual uh was the a counselor, counselor in the school, school. 
Yes. And I think that was, I remember telling you in the podcast, that was the, the light bulb moment. That was my defining moment when after 63 teenagers who I'd never met before <laughs> had all come and shared their stories of what they were going through. And then it was two, two really the catalyst, the 15 year old girl who showed me her hands that she'd been cutting and told me that she'd just come home after her second suicide attempt. And the 13 year old boy who fell into my arms crying and asked me when would he escape his rabbit hole. And um, after talking with him, the counselor came at the end of the day and told me I was wasting my time and he was a lost cause. And I thought, here is an adult, here is a trained counselor who is working with children and has turned around and told me that a 13 year old boy, there was no hope for him. How, how, how tragic, how horrific. It, 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 it was, it just blew my mind. And that was the pivotal moment when I realized, wow, th these kids have no one to turn, no one to turn to. If they can't turn to their teachers and they can't turn to the counselor, where they've already been invalidated at that point. So, you know, who do they turn to then? Um, and, you know, and, and that was the moment that changed everything. Um, prior to that, my plan was to just go and talk about the book and talk about depression. And all of a sudden it was, holy God, no way. If we have a counselor in the school is saying that a child is a lost cause, we got to change this now. And yes. It's 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 a road that is full of brick walls because um, I've had a lot of hate mail, a lot of threats um, from, I would say, primarily males um, who um, don't who do not believe I should be talking about this information. And I think I mentioned to you, one of them said, I need a good slap, put on my apron and go back into the kitchen where I belong. <laughs> and I mean, you, you have to wonder, what did I trigger in that person to elicit such a yeah. response? Yeah. You know, because adults are, adults are fighting things that they, they experienced as a child and have carried it through into adulthood. Um, and so, yes, sometimes what I talk about may hit home and bring things home very, very uh, clearly. And for many, it's it's scary to go there. But um, JFK said, right, the younger generation, they are our future. They are our hopes. They are our, you know, they are the ones that could do amazing things. And right now we are losing them we're losing them to drugs we're losing them to human trafficking we are losing them to suicide um we're losing them to the prison system um yes you know we need to step up and be there and it's not a case of well i don't know this kid i'm not family it does not matter be be that person that they know they can trust and rely on be that guiding force because you, you could change their whole world and indirectly it's going to impact your world for the better. That's right. That's right. The, the more impact that we can make 
in a positive way, the Absolutely. better our world becomes for our future. I've already lived my life and the world that I lived in, I want to change. And that's why I podcast. I might not know everything, but I know enough to get out there and try to change the hearts and the minds of people. And I want people to realize the experts that we are looking up to, are they the right experts? The one no, thing I, that we should know. Yeah. The people that have been in the trenches, that have experienced it, this is our experts. And this is where we need to start turning to. I, no, I 100% agree. And that's why in the podcast, I've been very deliberate in that I have brought on the experts, but I've also brought on people who have walked the walk and talked the talk. And, you know, in my future podcast, I'm actually bringing on mums who have lost their teenagers to suicide. Because oh. I want, I want, I want my listeners, my viewers to understand, you know, what each person went through and what guidance they have to offer. And I'm hoping that it just, you know, as people sit there, they just have that moment where they go, oh, my goodness, um, I need to do something. I, I always end my part um, when I'm on a podcast and they always say to me, what are your parting words? And I have two things. I always say sprinkle kindness everywhere. It does. It costs nothing to be kind. And my other thing I say is I want you to stop what you're doing right now to parents. Absolutely stop what you're doing. And I want you to go and find your kid. And I want you to give up one minute of your life. Hug them, touch them, sit with them, lie in the bed with them, whatever they happen to do. Get in their personal space as much as they'll allow and tell them how proud you are of them and how much you love them and that they're the best thing that ever happened to you. I said, you need to do that because you don't know what's going on in their world. And even if they push you away and say, you're crazy, what's going on? What's the matter? Walk away confident that there's something has started within them, that little warm glow that they know, okay, I'm loved because so many kids who've been there and come back from suicide have said they didn't feel they were loved. And that's what I'm trying to impart to people. Well, that's a powerful way to end this episode, Tracy. Uh, how can people find you, get involved with you, and what is the main goal or that one thing you wish people would really do for you? So they can get hold of me on my website, www.tracymaxfield.com. Um, and if they just even press me in search, my website takes them to everything. But if you put me in search, it goes to my YouTube channel, my course, all my social media connections. What, I, what I'd like people to do is to show their kids how important they are to them. It takes 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Um, life is so busy, but life is also too short. So that's the first thing is to be there and show love to their kids and uh, be an adult role model or a mentor to everyone else. Um, for the work that I'm doing, 
if you see something on my YouTube video, on my podcast that you like, share it, share it with friends, you know, just press the share button, copy, paste, copy the link, tell someone, you know, you need to check this out. Um, because my aim is to make a difference. And if what my guests and I on the podcast say, if one person it resonates with and it's helped them in their life, then we know our work is done. Amen. That's correct. Amen. You know, and that is a good ending. I want to thank you, Tracy, for sharing your time with us. Everything oh, you do you. is valuable and keep pushing on. Yes. What did they say? Lots of people keep saying, and you keep showing up. And I'm like, Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm right. here to stay. You're not getting rid of me that easily. <laughs> That's right. People, that was Tracy Maxfield, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe. And join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.